let's stop talking about us and talk about you, Brian. Uh, you are listening to WLUW 88.7 FM and WLUW.org. Please like us on Facebook as we welcome. Tom, will you welcome our new guest since I already uh, mutilated his Brian name? has been publisher, <laughs> founder of New City, this uh, uh, amazing survivor of the zine industry, if I can really date myself to go back then. It's much more than a zine now. Um, how long have you been publishing New City, Brian? And uh, how have you survived this shifting media landscape that zines have struggled through? We are in our 33rd year now. Amazing yeah. run. <laughs> it's kind of unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's been rough. The uh, The sort of, you know, if you can kind of mark the, rough, the roughest year starting at basically at 9-11, um, and then up until uh, through that, the, the, you know, the Great Recession. And, you know, for us, then we started turning it around. And our, we, you know, we, we've had, I think, two things going for us um, that are both related. Unlike most of the other people in Chicago who, um, who maybe have had some, some bigger challenges, they um, they all had kind of bigger corporate parents. You know, the reader even, you know, our, who was our long-term competitor for, for most of our existence, was sold for, by its founders in the early 2000s and, you know, went through m- multiple ownerships of, like, hedge funds and chains of newspapers and finally ended up, you know, at the Sun-Times. And, um, and, and, and that prevented them from, I think, being able to, and I don't mean them specifically, but media companies in general, from really making dramatic changes. You know, we're a completely different animal than we were, you know, 15 years ago. You know, we were, uh, we were what was known as an alt-weekly back then. You know, we were published 52 times a year. We're on newsprint. Um, you maybe had color on the cover, and that was about it in the early yeah. days. Yeah, they yeah. did have color. I, we had it at the Heartland. I, I, I would never have called it a zine. It yeah. was an actual periodical. I mean... Yeah, the industry was called the alternative weeklies, basically. Right, right. You know, we were the we were the you know sort of we you know ironically coming you know speaking of the '60s and and you know we were sort of the industry that evolved out of the old um, underground underground newspapers. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're sort of the next generation of that, and um, you know it was. I mean, it was a that was a great business. You know, I don't. I, I mean, great in the sense that it was really important and provocative and, and, and fun. A, I yeah, bet. and fun. You know, um, <laughs> our sort of the, the granddaddy of all of us was the Village Voice, which had had this amazing legacy of muckraking, sure of cultural coverage. And, um, you know, it's it's been heartbreaking, you know, to watch that industry pretty much die away. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the Village Voice is no longer in print. The Boston Phoenix is out of business. The San Francisco Bay Guardian is basically out of business. I think they're sort of back online a little bit. You know, uh, LA Weekly has been sold to kind of a uh, highly dubious ownership. Um, Chicago Reader obviously very apparently struggling in front of all of us. And it just feels like it's kind of not maybe going to come back. And we made the conscious decision to leave that industry because, you know, we, we could see what was happening. And, and, you know, because Jan and I, my wife and publisher, co-publisher, co-founder, you know, um, own the business, we were able to just completely say, okay, we're going to just keep what, what we want. built and create this whole new thing. You know? So it's more a magazine than a newsprint thing. Uh, yeah, you yeah. have color all the way through. You have star columnists from time to time, like Tony Fitzpatrick and others that are are uh, scribing there. How did you survive that transition? 
it was by making those changes. I mean, it's a really nice book now. Yeah, it was by making those changes, by, by, you know, realizing that we had to to become something else than what we once were. That that what we wanted to retain was what New City kind of stood for, the brand, if you will. I, you know, to, uh-huh. to use a, a word that people oh, use the word know. everybody uses. Um, <laughs> but you know, to, to remember what it stood for, but to to take it into a new arena and. I know we don't have enough time to go into it, but I'd done a, a talk about uh, six years ago um, called The Case for Print at the Arts Club of Chicago. And I did an, an hour-long kind of argument in favor of the survival of print media. But a big part of what I had talked about was how Darwinian it was going to be and how that, in my vision of the future, the, the object itself, the beauty of the object, was going to become more and more important because that was one of the things that differentiated it from digital media was that it could be this beautiful thing well newsprint was always about being cheap and expedient not necessarily about the beauty of it Mm -hmm. i think it's cool i think it can be fun newsprint but i mean in general that wasn't it so this was a little bit also putting our money where my mouth had been you know and saying okay if that's what i believe then we need to figure out how to get there so this edition is food right and uh we could probably talk about this for the rest of the show but uh, why did you pick on food as you as part of your coverage of culture in the city? Sure, you know it's um, f- you know it's it's we're not I'm telling anybody anything they haven't heard now to talk about the fact that the rest the culinary culture of food and cocktails in general, but especially in Chicago, has evolved into something of an art form. I mean, it's it's not sort of the anonymous cooks in the kitchen. I mean, there's still plenty of great restaurants that do that, but I mean, there's, there is this whole thing, and Chicago has, in fact, you know, the Bon Appetit magazine dubbed us the best restaurant city in, the, in America last year. And I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Yes. You know. I mean, I, we ran a restaurant for 37 years. Who'd have thunk it? And yeah. it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we, we treat food as, a, as an art form and cover it as a cultural space. And, and so once a year, we do this sort of recognition of who, are, who we see as the contemporary leaders. Um, they were know, a rough and tumble lot, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of, lot of facial hair. Yes. The, 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 there is, you know, each of these, we do, we do actually seven different editions like this. That have we call a special them the leaders the, of culture in uh-huh. Chicago. Oh, nice! You know, each kind of each of the different cultural spaces, and you know, it's interesting. They they definitely all have their own, you know, different uh, common characteristics. Right, right. You know, you'll see. You'll see. No, yeah. chefs chefs are a strange lot altogether. Do you do you actually um, have subscribers? Do you mail it out at all? We don't, but actually, we're going to start because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another. I would thing. think you would, you would, that would work for you. Yeah, I think you know what what's been happening is, you know, again back in the day, it was all these independent coffee shops and places that carried us. Well, a lot of the independents are going away. Some of the new independents are so into their kind of, you know, the the scrappy like stack of, you know, periodicals is yeah. no longer kind of a a value to a lot of people. So it's harder to do for free distribution than it used to be. Um, we're going to continue it. We're not getting rid of it, but we want to augment it. And, and also, you know, as our audiences change, you know, not everyone is going to that, those places, you know, people, people are looking at their computers all day. And so we want to make it super easy for people who care about what we're doing to get the publication. To stay in their cave, Brian? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh God, help us. (laughs) Since it's final four weekend, I want to bring up, uh, an interview you did with your competitor, Mike Lenahan, just a few years back when he wrote a book about... Loyola in 63. But there's some significant reflections about that team and what Michael got into or what he discovered. 
Could you share that with us a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because, um, you know, I, it, it seems absurd to say this now, but nobody was all that interested in Loyola basketball five, six years ago. Hey, last year, for God's sake. <laughs> and really? um, so, you know, it was a very odd book to get. And when it, because it was Mike Lenahan, who he was no longer my competitor because he had been forced out when they sold the company. Right. Um, but he, it was his first book. And it was, you know, I... Just as people didn't think maybe of New City as a sports publication, people also didn't think of The Reader as a place that, you know, so when Lenahan's first book came out about sports, it caught my attention. And um, so I read it. And what, you know, what was fascinating is that team was, and it wasn't any, I don't think it was a conscious sort of movement. I think you're right. You know, it wasn't like they said, we're going to Break be a power. part of the civil rights movement right. by how we play this game. They but just it chose but, talent, but, but it was because what they did is there had been an un, kind of an unspoken, unwritten rule that most basketball teams would not play more than two African American players on the court at one time, you know, and and it was their way of you know keeping their fans and their donors and and everybody else keeping white boys content. thinking they could jump. Yeah, and um, Loyola <laughs> that year was. Um, you know, fielded a f- four African American players the whole season, and the, you know they, they, you know they did what they did, they did. and <laughs> they're you know they went down they would go down you know when they played there were teams in the south I think it was Mississippi State which was a you know a segregated school that was not allowed to play an integrated team and they had to like sneak out in the night and get on a bus to go play against Loyola you know that kind of thing I mean it's crazy but. As Mike pointed out in the interview, um, you know, what was important about it, again, it wasn't like somebody said, let's do this. But by, by playing these teams to the, for these fans, it forced people to create a certain amount of um, openness in their heart and souls to the diversity. Because if you love your basketball team and your basketball team, you can't just love one player that's on the right. court. You know, you, right. you, you kind of love the whole team. And, you know, that certainly has been a, a, a part of the influence. Well, Brian, this is, is a very kind of slicked up version of the new city that we used to have stacked on our free literature stack. And I, I wish you the best with uh, going forward. Um, if, if people can subscribe, I, th- I think you'll probably do real well with that as well. Um, yeah, good work. And well, you even you. have comics in the back, which we I st- like a lot. We still, yeah, you know, that's a big part of our legacy. We published Chris Ware back in the 90s when he was uh, just getting started before he became, you know, sort of the god of uh, <laughs> comics in the country. And, uh, you know, the other new thing we're doing is producing movies, which we didn't even talk about. Wow. So we'll good. have to have you back when you yeah. get that exactly. first one out. Oh, it's out. Thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, good luck in your publication. Great, thank you. Next time, the movies. Yes. Thank you. That was Brian Heigelke. Heigelke. I did it right that time, I think. New City Editor and Publisher, and uh, pick it up. Uh, You're going to be informed by this piece quite a bit. We're going to, uh, you're listening to WLUW 88.7 FM and WLUW.org. We're going to bring up uh, Pat Thomas right after this musical break.